Eventually, conflict is coming to a relationship near you. Yep, date night will eventually turn into fight night. Your family, your friend will become your foe. It's only a matter of time before the office hallway where you work becomes a middle school drama. Yeah, we've been there. And before you realize it, you're going to come face to face with one of those people. Everybody has a those people. Those people you love to disagree with on social media. And you go back and forth on Facebook and now you're staring at them and you have to have a conversation with them. Or one of those people that you watch them, talk about them on the news, and you're like, oh, can you believe it? Oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And there they are, and here you are. Or that person that is so far right or so far left of you that you just could hardly stomach the idea of being near them, and now you're in a conversation. Yep, conflict. It's going to happen. In fact, let's just go ahead and level the playing field. Make sure we're all on the same page with this reality right here. Conflict is normal. It's normal. Normal in any relationship with any other human being. Every other human being. Anybody that you're in a relationship with, conflict is going to be a normal part of that because we're all flawed. We're all selfish deep down. I mean, it just is. I'm not being negative. Just calling it what it is. And for those of you that want to pretend and be like, oh, no, not us. We never fight. We always get along. And it's just, I've, I've actually had people come out and say that to me, and especially like in marriages. It's always the guy. It's like the never the, the, never the wife that says that. It's always the dude that says, Pastor, we've never had a crossword. I'm like, you're a liar. <laughs> or you're clueless, right? If you're like, no, we don't fight. We don't, me and my friends, we, we never, we always get along. Then somebody ain't being honest. Somebody's a doormat. Somebody's not being straight up, right? Because we just, we experience conflict. Sometimes it's over our personality differences because we have different personalities. We see the world differently. We process the world differently. We, we feel the world, the world around us differently. Other times we hurt one another. We say things and do things we shouldn't say and do. And, and sometimes we're in conflict because we have different ideas over the same thing or different beliefs over the same thing. But conflict is not a dirty word. It's really not. Please understand that. Conflict is an opportunity for a better relationship, a stronger relationship. And the goal of our time today in this series called The Perfect Family, the goal of our time today as we talk about conflict is just to get to the point where even though conflict is normal, we just stop responding so normally. And that'll mean more to you before we're done. But I want to do a little reflecting together up front because in order to see where we have to go with conflict, it's important to identify and understand and accept and admit where you are currently. So a couple of questions for a little reflection. I'm going to take you back. I want you to think, how was conflict modeled to you? How was conflict when you were growing up? How was it modeled to you? And the reason this is an important question because the way it was modeled to us impacts us so much, we have a tendency, our default setting is to repeat what was modeled to us, whether we like it or not, whether we admit it or not, and gonna get all psychological on you. Okay, no, I'm not. I'm not trained in that. But I do know that. I do know that we, we have a tendency to repeat what's modeled to us. So how was it modeled to you? Maybe you come from a long line of rug sweepers. 
you sweep it under the rug, you avoid. Or maybe you come from people that you just, your way to conflict is blame, shame, and call names. You blame, shame, and call names. This is your fault. This is all because of you. You know who you're like. You're just like, and then you call their name. And oh, it's on now. Yeah. Blame, shame, and call names. Or for others of you, you just clam up. It's the other extreme. You know, you clam up. Silent treatment. And it can go on for hours or days. The cold shoulder. Oh, yeah. Or perhaps you are those people who yell and you throw things and you slam doors and it gets violent. How is it modeled to you? Maybe you get historical when you conflict because that's how conflict was modeled to you. You just you just kind of keep you just kind of keep your files close by and, and they're tabbed, right? And, and you know how to get to them pretty quickly, or you just keep it on your phone, right? You're, no, you don't need to, because it's cataloged up here. You're historical. You always, you always, you never. See there, there you go again. You've always, you've always done that. You've always said, remember that time? You're doing it again. I have found that when you get historical, things get hysterical. Yeah. Maybe you're like that guy that I talked to not long ago who just said, well, me and my wife, when we conflict, we're like going to a band concert. We start with some new stuff, but eventually we roll out the greatest hits. <laughs> yeah. Was conflict ever resolved? And how it was modeled to you? Was it ever resolved? Was there ever forgiveness? Was there ever healing? And how did that happen? Or maybe conflict was always a grudge match. And it, and it was just never quite dealt with. Never dies. The reason it's important to understand how conflict was modeled to you is because it affects us. So I want to ask one more question. What is normal for you? What is your normal response in conflict? Probably has a lot to do with how it was modeled to you. What's your normal response in your marriage, with your teenager, with your children, with your friends, with your coworkers? What is your normal response in conflict? If you're like a lot of us, you probably fall into one of three categories, and there are probably more categories, but this pretty much hits everybody. You're either a stuffer, a spewer, or you simmer. You're a stuffer. You're a stuffer if you're like, okay, what conflict? And you, and you just avoid, avoid. You stuff it, stuff it, stuff it. No, I don't, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk. I don't want, no, 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 no. And you just avoid. You stuff it, stuff it, stuff it, stuff it. And you can only stuff for so long, but you're good at stuffing. You, you know, we go to those websites and those companies love to let us know when their terms and conditions have changed like we care. But, you know, our terms and conditions, and legally, because we got sued, we got to let you know that the terms and conditions, you know, have changed. And, and what do we do? Do we read that? No. We scroll all the way to the end, and we click, I agree. Yeah. That's, if you're a stuffer, that's what you do in conflict. About the time it gets rolling, you just scroll to the end and click, I agree, because you don't want to go there. You're a stuffer. Or maybe, maybe you're the opposite. You're a spewer. You're good at it, so you go at it. You're good at it. And it has nothing to do with whether or not you're right or wrong. You're just a great litigator, and you can build a great argument. And you may have absolutely no idea what you're talking about, and you may be way off base, but man, you got a great argument, and you can put it together, and it sounds impressive. You're good at it, so you just go at it. You're a spewer. And what really concerns me is those of us who simmer, who simmer. 
It's just always there. It never goes away. It's always there. It's just right underneath the surface. It never gets fully dealt with. And so um, you drip it and drop it and drip it and drop it. You drip it into a conversation or you drop it in a comment. You drip it in a conversation, you drop it in a comment. It's just always there. You always find a way to bring it up. You always find a way to circle back around to it. Oh, yeah. You want to make sure that they know that you know and that they remember that you haven't forgotten. And what makes this even more complex, if it gets, it gets, gets crazy now, because then there's all the voices around us that tell us what we should do and how we should stuff and how we should spew and how we should let it simmer. I tell you, girl, and I tell you, dude, what I would do, and I would never, and no one would ever talk to me that way. I'll tell you that right now. So you need to go home and you need to, or you need to send a text right now and you need to, oh, what a mess. What I want to do over the next few minutes actually the rest of our time, is to talk about, and this is why we started this way, I want you to see where you are, where normally you are with conflict, in your marriage, with your family, with your friends, so that you and I can understand how important this is, that Jesus changed the normal rules on conflict. He changed it. When Jesus came to earth, he did a lot of things. The biggest of which, dying on the cross to pay for the sins of the world and making it possible for us to be forgiven, be connected to God. But he did a lot of other things too on the way to doing that. And one of the things he did, one of the many things Jesus did is he changed the rules on how conflict is to go. Especially for those who follow him. Especially for people who call themselves followers of Jesus. You see, what's normal? What's normal in conflict? Well, we just talked about it. That's why we started that way. What's normal for you? What's normal for us? Basically, what's normal is to get even, to pay people back, to make sure that they understand that they're going to get what's coming to them. What's normal is for conflict to be retributive. They're going to pay. They're going to answer. And what's normal is for people to look out for themselves. How dare you talk to me that way? Now you're going to pay. How dare you treat me that way? Now you're going to hear about it. That's normal. And Jesus came to change all of that into a way that is healing and restorative and one that's focused on healthy resolution. Jesus changed things, and so it's no longer about me and you focused. It's about the other person focused. He changed it. And again, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have to pay attention to this. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you need to know Although you're under no obligation to do anything that I'm going to talk about in the next few minutes, it'll still work for you. It'll transform your relationships, even if you're not a follower of Jesus. But if you call yourself a Christian, and if you're a follower of Jesus, listen up. This is required material for you. You don't get a pass. Because Jesus changed the rules on conflict. Let me show you. One day Jesus was teaching, and he said, you've heard, you've heard that it was said and he quotes out of the law of Moses in the Old Testament in the Bible. An eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You've heard that phrase. You may have used that phrase. Maybe you didn't know it came from the Bible. The Old Testament, the law of Moses. You've heard it said. In fact, you've probably heard your grandpa, your grandma. It's a common phrase. Eye and eye, tooth for tooth. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Yep, it's all about retribution. It's all about making sure someone pays for what they've done. Make sure that they get what's coming to them, that they have a a dose of their own medicine. And you're like, yep, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. You're right, you better get that eye. You better get that tooth. Eye for an eye. And it's amazing. It's amazing how, how much Christians are focused on this too. Like, like in the name of Jesus, in the name of morality, an eye and eye for tooth for tooth. That is until it's your eye or it's your tooth. 
that needs to be gotten, right? And then it's like, can I have some grace? I and I, Jesus said, you've heard that. And they're like, yeah, we've heard that. But I tell you, you know, he's changing this. He's, change, he's changing something that was in the Old Testament, in the Bible. What? I tell you, don't resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn them the other cheek also. This is where we get the phrase, turn the other cheek. People use it all the time. They have no idea what they're talking about. Have no idea where this comes from. Turn the other cheek. It comes from Jesus. It comes from the Bible. Right here. Basically, what Jesus is saying is this. Don't fight back. No more retribution. No more retribution. No more getting even. We're not, we're not going to fight. We're not going to fight each other back. We're not going to get even. We're not about getting even anymore. Jesus changed the rules. He goes on. He says, you've also heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And everybody's going, yep, that makes sense, right? You love me, I love you. And if you don't have time for me, I don't have time for you, right? And if you mistreat me and you give me a hard time and all this kind of stuff, then you can expect me to just stiff arm you and it's over, it's done. But I tell you, love your enemies, love them, love them. And pray for those who persecute you. The world had never heard stuff like this before. In the first century, this was revolutionary. Nobody had talked like this before. Nobody had really taught like this before. In fact, not even God's people. They were all about, yeah, we're coming after you and we're going to take over and all this kind of stuff. And, and they would throw God's name on it even. And now Jesus comes and says, no, nah, we're going to do things differently from now on. And not only did Jesus say this, he modeled it. He modeled it on the cross. When Jesus was dying on the cross and they were spitting on him and beating him and making fun of him and attacking him and killing him, how did he respond? The scriptures tell us that he opened not his mouth against them. And even though they were threatening him and mocking him and enticing him to use his power, to protect himself, to even defend himself. We're talking self-defense here. What did he do? He prayed for them and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Makes you feel uncomfortable, doesn't it? Kind of makes me uncomfortable too. But you know what it should do? It should make us realize just how far we have drifted from the cross. Christian society, churches, in the name of morality, in the name of who's right and what's right. Yeah. Some of the meanest, maddest, angriest people you'll ever meet are Christians. And they, and, and right, okay. And, and you, what, you just wait. There's an election coming up in the next year or so. You wait, you'll see it. You'll see it. Jesus changed the rules, changed the rules. The opposite of attacking each other, the opposite of avenging. Avengers makes a great movie, but it's not a good way to live. The opposite of avoiding even. Jesus modeled it, and then he changed it. From that point on, conflict was never viewed the same. Listen very carefully. Let me say this one more time. Conflict was dealt with a certain way among God's people up until Jesus, and Jesus changed the rules. And from Jesus on into the first century, the New Testament, and still to this day, conflict is to be handled differently. Jesus changed the rules. It was revolutionary. It was cutting edge. It was controversial then, and it still is today when we get it right. Let me just give you a couple of examples. You can see um, all throughout the New Testament how now it's a totally different ball game. 
Example, Peter, one of Jesus' closest followers. Peter had to learn the hard way, had to do conflict right, because Peter was a big mouth and a hothead, and he loved to argue, and he would get violent too. In fact, one time, protecting Jesus, Peter cut a guy's ear off with a sword. Now, he wasn't going for his ear. He was going for something you know, else. But the guy ducked and cut his ear off. Of course, Jesus reached down, picked up the guy's ear, and stuck it right back on. And that's the sound it makes when you stick ears back on. Yeah. Peter had to learn the hard way. So Peter's an old man now. Fast forward to the end of his life. Peter said, I've learned you don't repay evil for evil. You don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Well, your mama. It's always about that, right? When I was growing up, it's always your mama. Instead... You pay them back with a blessing. Not blessing them out, but pay them back with a blessing. And and that's what God has called you to do. And here's the cool thing, and he will grant you his blessing for blessing them. It's interesting how Christians think God has their back when they're raging against culture and they're raging against their unbelieving neighbor and they're raging against the other political side of the aisle. In the name of morality, in the name of good, in the name of right. And they're so angry and they're so upset and they think God's got their back. He doesn't. You're on your own. Good luck. You know when God has your back? It's when you're blessing those who persecute you. That's when God has your back. God will bless you for blessing them. This this sounds foreign to us, doesn't it? This is how far we've drifted from the way of Jesus. God help us. God help me. God help you. Paul is <laughs> another example. Let's go back to the passage we talked about the last couple of weeks to the letter in Ephesus where Paul is kind of teasing out for them the whole relationship thing. And you see the rules have changed now. The rules have changed. Paul says when you're in relationship with each other, you don't, you don't lie anymore. You stop telling lies. Stop telling lies and let us tell our neighbors the truth for we're all parts of the same body. Now, obviously, you know, no one's saying, well, I don't lie, I don't lie, I don't lie. I mean, it's important to tell the truth, but it's not just about, you know, not saying the truth. Remember those people we talked about at the beginning, stuffers? People that just stuff, stuff, stuff. Oh, there's no problem, there's no problem, no conflict, I don't want to deal with it. No, so you're being dishonest. You're being dishonest. See, that's even a form of dishonesty. And when we're dishonest to each other, whether we're just not telling the truth or withholding what needs to be engaged healthily, we'll talk about what that looks like in a minute, we affect each other. We're all parts of the same body here. And then he goes on. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Because when you let anger control you, mm, don't let sun go down while you're still angry. Because it gives, it gives a foothold to the devil. In other words, anger unresolved and undealt with will jack you up and ruin your relationships. And Satan will see to it. Now, let me clarify something here. The point of this passage, the point of this part, is to deal with your anger. Deal with your anger. And there's a couple different ways that you can deal with anger healthily. One example is don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. That's what he says, right? This just means you may need to talk about it right now. You may need to actually engage it right now. Don't let it fester. Don't let it simmer. You need to, you need to deal with it right now. But this is not meaning the literal sun can't go down 
or you got to deal with it, right? It's not because here's the deal. It's not possible. It's not possible for you to deal with everything with everybody every day before the sun sets. You know, people say, well, I'm, we've never gone to bed angry. Hey, you're in your honeymoon, right? Hey, we've never gone to bed angry. Okay, yeah, 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 okay, whatever. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about dealing with your anger. Here's how we know this. You see that's in quotes? Don't let the sun go down while you're angry. You know what that's quoting? Psalm chapter four, verse four. In Psalm 4, 4, King David writes, don't, let the, don't, let, don't sin by letting anger control you. You may need to think about it overnight and remain silent. Well, that's the opposite. Is this a contradiction? No, it's not a contradiction. Either way, you're dealing with your anger. Sometimes, and it takes discernment and grace to learn the steps. This is a dance. Sometimes you really need to stay up and talk about it. We really need to deal with this now. We really need to talk about it. And other times, you better sleep on it. Cooler heads, calmer heads, clearer thoughts the next day. Yeah, and it gets tricky when one person wants to stay up and duke it out and the other person wants to go to sleep, you know, and talk about it. Yeah, we work through that. But the point is, deal with your anger. The rules have changed. It's no longer okay just to be constantly ticked. The rules have changed. Don't use foul or abusive language. Oh, you're thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See there? Potty mouth. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Now, you see this, don't use foul or abusive language. You're, you're, you're probably automatically thinking, yep, you shouldn't say that four-letter word. The S word, the D word, the F word, all the words. You don't say that word. You don't say that word. The four-letter words, you don't say those four. You see, you always say those words. I never say those words. You're thinking, I, I, just, don't, I just don't talk like that. Because it says don't use foul or abusive language. Well, it's great that you don't talk like that, but that's not what this is talking about. When he says, don't use foul or abusive language, by the way, those four-letter words, it changes every 40 years, every 40, 50 years. There's new four-letter words we didn't have before, and what was bad is not bad anymore, and what used to be not bad, now you don't say that. And so, okay, that changes. He can't be talking about that. That changes from culture to culture. What is he talking about? Letting everything you say be good and helpful and an encouragement. So basically, if your words are not good, not helpful, and they're not an encouragement, then they're foul and abusive. Jesus raised the bar. It's clear. Things were never the same. He goes on. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and harsh words and slander. As well of all types of evil behavior. Instead, the rules have changed. Be kind. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. I've been forgiven. You've been forgiven. We've all been forgiven. And how dare a forgiven person be unforgiving to another person. <laughs> I've never done what they've done. You don't understand. What they did was unforgivable. Ah, you've done enough to be forgiven of more than you can imagine. And how dare any forgiven person be unforgiving to another person? Yeah, but see, Pastor, I have to vent. I have to vent. I, I want to be heard. I want to be validated and I need to vent. I just need to get some things off my chest. Okay, say that to yourself a couple of times a little slowly and think about what you're saying. I need to get this off my chest. I, my, I, my. If you're not careful, you will make it about yourself. Even in the name of being heard, and I hope you are heard. It's great to be heard. Nothing wrong with being heard and understood. Everybody should be heard and understood. That's great. But when you make that your agenda, this is going to go sideways. It's not going to go the way of Jesus. I just got to get this off my chest. 
Remember what we saw last week? It applies to this as well when Paul writes that we should submit to one another. Same passage, same, same letter, too, that we just read. All this. Submit to one another. That's you before me. And what do we do in conflict? Me, 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 me. Hear me out. Understand my feelings. I want my voice, my voice heard. And that's not the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is focusing on the other person. How can my words be good and helpful and encouragement to you? Pastor, I love them. I really do. I'm glad. I'm glad you love them. Yeah, I love them. In fact, I love everybody, but I just can't stand them. I can't tolerate them. I love them. I love them in the Lord. I love them in the Lord. Like, what's that mean? I love them in the Lord. Great. I'm glad you love them. So since you love your husband, your wife, your teenager, your friend, your pesky neighbor, that person you work with, since you love them and you love everybody, great. Glad we understand one another because love is patient and kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others and is not self-seeking. It's not about me, 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 me. It's not easily angered. It doesn't have a hair trigger. It's not always upset about everything. And is love, you love them and it keeps no record. It doesn't get historical. It keeps no record. Of wrongs. Because see, Jesus changed the rules. If I could summarize what Jesus did when he changed the rules, when it comes to conflict, the way of Jesus tells us it's not about winning anymore. It's about loving. It's just not about winning. It's about loving, and we're back to love again. Like it's, it's always comes back to that, doesn't it? If we're honest, it does. Because see, when you win, when you win in a relationship, when you win in an argument, rather, when you win in a conflict, you know this, you know this. You really lose, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Like when you win and you're in an argument with your spouse, the relationship loses. When you win, when you win in an argument with your friend, the relationship loses. You know that. Because when you win, it's about proving a point. When you win, it's about being right. When you win, it's about getting your way. And saying, see, I was right. And all of that is self-focused. It's fun. It's fun being right. It's fun getting your way, isn't it? It's fun proving a point. See, I told you so. I mean, it's great. It's great to be validated. Another, another, I mean, we all would rather be on that side than not. But it's not the way of Jesus. It is not just about being right. Here's another way of saying it. It's not about being right, but being right with. See, this is how Jesus changed the rules. God is not nearly as concerned. Jesus is not nearly as concerned of who is right, but that you learn to be right with each other. In fact, you can be right on the information, morally speaking, but if you don't learn how to be right with each other, you're wrong, and I'm wrong, and we're wrong. See how far we've drifted? This sounds foreign, doesn't it? But this is the way that Jesus changed the rules. It's not about being right. It's about being right with. We should learn to conflict in a way with each other that says being right with you is more important to me than being right. Being right with you is the most important thing to me, whether or not I'm right or wrong. It's about being loving to one another. comes back to that, what we talked about a couple weeks ago, what does love require of me? What a probing question. 
Jesus changed the rules. I want to give you something really practical as we wrap up. Because some of you are in a conflict, conflict right now. You barely made it in here. And some of you are like, I'm glad we got to go to church so she'll shut up. So he'll stop talking. At least we'll be quiet for a while and we'll pick it up later. right? But some of you have something brewing right now with your teenager. And you know the afternoon is going to be hot and heavy and attitude. And some of you got something going on with your neighbor or some of you got something going on with your friend. And some of you are like, I don't even want to go to the office tomorrow because she'll be there, he'll be there, and here we go again. Okay, some of you are in the middle of something right now and I want to help you. Here's some very practical things to help you navigate how Jesus changed the rules. Very practical. This will help. If you do it this way, then it'll help you. Here's five rounds. Let's talk about five rounds in your conflict. Make sure it goes five rounds. Ready? Uh, when we're done, and all five up here, you'll want to take a picture so you remember because you're not going to remember all this. I've thrown a lot at you. Number one, first round. Pause. Pause. Stop. Think about it. Cool down. And sometimes it's over right there. You'll be amazed at how many conflicts don't come to the boiling point if you just start right there. Because a lot of times when I pause, I realize, ooh, boy, that really is me. I'm being over. Reactive. I'm being dramatic here. Huh? Yeah, I need to be gracious. Yeah, that's me. That's on me. And it's over right there. Amazing. Pause. Round one, two, pray. Surprise, surprise. Pastor's telling you we need to pray. You know why that sounds funny? Because we don't do it. <laughs> that's silly. Who prays? And we should. See how far we've drifted? I don't do this nearly as often as if I should, but I'll tell you this. Every time I have the mindset, okay, let me pause and pray, God help me, often it stops right there. And I realize I'm the one in the need of prayer. God help me. Help me. God help them. And as we have this conversation, help us to honor each other and honor you. And help us to be right with one another. It really doesn't matter who is right. God help me help you. And then, listen, 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 listen. Notice you haven't said anything yet. You haven't got to make your point yet, and we're in conflict. We're into the third round, and you haven't really opened your mouth yet. Exactly. Listen, listen, listen. And listen to understand. Hey, you spewers, listen. Listen to understand, not just for a break in the action so that you can jump in and make your point. Yeah, don't, don't listen just so, okay, you're, you're going, okay, I'll make that point, make that point. You're building your case. You're A, little one, little one, again. <laughs> and then boom, it's your turn. No, no, you're buying your time. That's no, no. Listen to understand. Listen to understand. Did you know that the word listen and silent have all the same letters in them? The word listen, L-I-S-T-E-N, and the word silent S-I-L-E-N-T have all the same letters in them. You say, well, what does that mean? I don't know. I just think it's interesting. <laughs> interesting, isn't it? Listen. Number four, share. Now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. And, and here's why we connect with this. Because often this is what our conflicts start with. We don't pause. We don't pray. We don't listen. We go right to share. We just share. We just go right here. You know my conflict is? I share, you share, 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 share! Right? It's conflict. Don't start there. But when you get there, Jesus changed the rules on how we share. We are kind. We are loving. We are clear. We are honest. 
So we'll, we'll tell the truth. But we're going to do so in a loving and kind and helpful way. And our words are going to be good and helpful and encouragement to those, helpful to those who hear them. And we're going to listen. I'll share and then I'll listen because maybe I misunderstood. So I want to listen to understand so that it helps me know how to share. And then you get to the fifth round. It's where you make changes. And there's always a way that you can change. Whether you're right or wrong, even if you're right, even if, it, even if they were more in the wrong this time than you, there's still something you can do different. We all can change. Here's where forgiveness takes place. Here's where change and, and you shift. That's where that takes place. And if you don't do this, if you don't change, then you're right back. We're right back in this same thing. Same, same thing tomorrow. Same thing next week. Same thing next month. Over and over and over again. Jesus changed the rules. So conflict is normal. Just stop responding so normally. There's a better way. It's Jesus' way. And Jesus changed the rules on conflict of what's normal for those who follow him. No longer about getting even. It's no longer about retribution. It's no longer about making sure they get a taste of their own medicine. It's no longer about they're going to pay. It's no longer about winning. It's no longer about who's right versus who is wrong. It's now about being right with one another. It's about loving each other. The way Jesus, who is always right, has loved us who are often way too wrong. Treating each other the way we've been treated. Let me pray for you. I don't even know what you're fighting about. And I'm sure it's not your fault. But I want to pray for you. I want to pray for us. I want to pray for me. Because we need it. Father, thank you. Wow, I need this. We need this. Help us to let go of who's right and grasp what it means to be right with one another. And yes, be honest. We don't avoid and we don't stuff things, but we don't just recklessly spew stuff. And we certainly just don't let things simmer. We lay aside retribution and work towards healthy resolution. Not about winning, but about loving. Help us to pause. Help us to pray. Help us to listen. And then share. And make changes. You change the rules on what is normal for followers of Jesus. What should be the way we conflict with the world around us. And if we could get this right, Father, if we get this right, if, if your sons and daughters would get this right, the world would change. It wouldn't be so dependent on who sits in the White House or who's in charge. If we got this right, the world would be a different place. That's what we need. That's what you've called us to. Help me. Help us. In Jesus' name, amen.